I am Barrington Brennan, counseling psychologist and marriage and family therapist with your daily relationship nugget. I am reading from the book I Would Marry You Again by Fernando Zabala. This is the last part, part four, in my reading from this book. I'm reading from chapter six, and the chapter is entitled The Power That Negative Thinking Can Have. I was attracted to that uh, because I've worked with so many couples, maybe over 4,000, and I found the book quite relevant. So, I will continue, and if you would like to purchase this book, go to any Adventist book center in Cayman Islands, in St. Croix, in Belize, or in the Bahamas, and you can get this book online. So, I will continue excerpts from my last Part, part four. The answer is a resounding yes. Martin Seligman, a worldwide authority in the field of motivation, writes that one of the most significant findings in psychology in the last 20 years is that individuals can choose the way they think. End of quote. This is really nothing new because the scripture states that we were created in the image of God, Genesis 1.26. The ability to decide what to think means that my thoughts are not written in stone. There is no reason why they should be permanent. Even more important, it is that when I choose what my thoughts will be, I can influence my emotions. This truth needs to be repeated. The way in which I think influences not only what I do, it also determines how I feel. What should be done, then? Accept the reality. If in reading this chapter or listening today, you have seen yourself portrayed in any way with regards to thinking negatively about your spouse, the threefold counsel of Gary Thomas might be helpful. Here are they. Accept the reality of human relationships. Suppose you decide to divorce your spouse and find a replacement. Suppose you interview some 200 possible candidates, give them different psychological tests, and go out with each one in order to get to know their qualities and choose the best one. Do you know what kind of results you would get? You would end up marrying an imperfect person who will also bring you frustration, hurt, and disillusionment. Someone who could even be worse than your actual spouse. Another one, accept the reality of the marriage. Gary Thomas says that after he has given a talk on marriage, a woman approached him with a complaint that her marriage was too difficult. He ans- her, his answer to her was, you don't have to tell me you have a difficult marriage. That's redundant. We're not marrying God and goddesses. We are marrying people that the Bible promises will mess up in many ways. How can such a marriage possibly be easy? The answer is obvious. The author points out that once we accept the reality, it then becomes easier to bear the difficulties of married life. And the third point, accept the reality of your own imperfections. We have already talked about this in the previous chapter. 
We should remember the words of Jesus, that before we look at the speck in our own eyes, our closest neighbor or our spouse, we should first remove the plank that is in our eyes. Luke 6, 41 to 42. So let's go on. This strategy is helpful for those who see in their spouse the principal cause of marital conflicts. If your spouse is the cause of my problem, if your spouse, if my spouse is the cause of my problem, it is then easy to conclude that he or she is the obstacle that keeps from obtaining my happiness. However, this kind of reasoning is misleading because it conceals the root of this matter. If my spouse is the problem, then I too have failed as a partner is not having helped him or her to overcome his or her deficiencies. For this reason, instead, for looking for scapegoats, a useful application consists of externalizing marital problems. This means that you and your partner as a team become used to seeing marital conflict as an enemy of both of you, an invader, and a threat to your happiness. Then you join forces to confront it. This is one of the basic principles of in, in interpersonal relationships, and it's simply consistent of the manner in which you see your partner, that is, what you think of him or her affects you, what you feel for him or her. In other words, in other words, a change of perspective brings as a consequence a change of feelings. Although it is simple, this principle helps us to understand why two people who were hopeless in love or hopelessly in love when they got married can no longer stand each other. What happened? Has she changed so much that you now no longer love her? What did you discover about him that you now no longer admire him? Okay, so now. Let me continue. There is a portion in the book called The Circle of Negativity. And I want to repeat in the same chapter, I want to continue with it, the power that negative thinking can have. What are the typical behaviors of couples who are not happy in their marriage? Two well-known researchers, Patricia Nola and Mary Ann Fitzpatrick, answer. Couples who have dissatisfaction in, with their marriage one, have difficulty discerning nonverbal expressions, body language, tone of voice, etc., and the state of mind of their spouse. This facilitates the appearance of misunderstandings, for example, that thinking that the other person is a bad in a bad mood when in reality it is not. Two, they apply the law of negative reci reciprocity with more frequency, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Number three, when communication from their spouse is not clearly understood, they tend to give the message a negative meaning. Then, number four, they frequently attribute negative intentions to their spouse, which makes the resolution of conflict difficult. And number five, they are more prone to mutually blame each other for the marital problems and to attribute the cause not to the circumstances, but to the personality or character of their spouse. You are, you are, you are. 
and 6. They are more given to maximizing the negative aspects of their marriage and to minimize the positive. When wives notice that their husbands do not give enough importance to problems, they act negatively in order to call their attention to it. When they often accomplish with this, the attitude is to complicate the situation, since the husbands, instead of getting getting involved, distance themselves even more. Well, my dear friends, you have been listening to excerpts from the book I Would Marry You Again by Ferdinando Zabala. He is a great author, and you can purchase this at any Adventist bookstore around the world, especially in Belize, Cayman Islands, St. Croix, and the Bahamas. And I hope you enjoyed these programs. Please let me know. Uh, send me an email at info at soencouragement.org or text me at 242-477-4002. You have been listening to your daily relationship nugget. I am Barrington Brennan, keeping a smile on your heart.